What a pleasure to welcome into our mobile studio in Dubai the founding rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue. The last time we had a face-to-face conversation on the air, we were at the Beach Bakery Cafe, which is located in the Hamptons. Just raise that a drop, Rabbi. Thank you. There you go. And um, here we are, almost 7,000 miles away from there. Do you remember the Beach Bakery Cafe? Do you recall uh, the establishment in the Hamptons? Yeah, we're, we're opening up a branch are here, you? here in Dubai. Really? Yeah, that, that? That's why I'm here. <laughs> because, of course, of all the franchises and institutions. You can't get a good jelly donut there in you Dubai, go. I'm telling you. So you're going to solve that problem. Of course. Like you've solved many others. For years, we've had an opportunity to have you on the air. We love our encounters with you. Uh, on the radio, and you, we have been speaking about, and to us it's been so abstract. You have visited Dubai so often. You've been to Bahrain so many times. For us, this was such an abstract concept that there's a place like this, like the way you've described it. And then we come here for only two days, and we feel what you've been telling us all this time. It's pretty remarkable. What's it like being back again now in Dubai? It's a very special feeling. I mean, you know, you want to talk about transformation, just flying Emirates last night and witnessing a minion on the plane. That you had not seen before. <laughs> not on an Emirates flight. I mean, I could not believe what I was witnessing here. And that's just an example of the transformation that's taking place here in the UAE. Um, but there's a much larger picture. You know, I've very much paved the way in terms of Gulf-Israel relations for 12 years. And I'm very excited about the normalization of ties between UAE and Israel, Bahrain and Israel. But there's still four more states right. to go. Uh, and you want to see The grand prize, you know, is Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh, I would even say as big a prize as Qatar. Right. Um, and then there's Oman, and then there's Kuwait. And we need to translate this achievement into a domino effect across the region. It can't just remain you know, UAE and Bahrain. And you have full confidence that's going to happen, that domino effect. Yeah, I think it's going to happen for a number of reasons. I must tell you that um, I salute Jared Kushner. Right. I see by your reaction you're very surprised I'm about to say this. Um, for his last attempt here in the region to reunify the Gulf, you know, there is a raging conflict that is now taking place between Qatar and a boycott or a blockade by the Saudis, the Emiratis, and the Bahrainians against Qatar. Qatar is supported by Oman and Kuwait. And before we're going to see the normalization of ties between the Saudis in Israel or Qatar in Israel, there must be a reunification of the GCC, of the Gulf states. And in that regard, I think that Jared Kushner is spot on in terms of trying to bring about this reunification, which be of great benefit to Israel, you know, to the United States as well. Once you have the reunification, 
then I believe you will see the domino effect. As I mentioned to you um, just last week, that I think Joe Biden is the ideal commander-in-chief to build on Donald Trump's achievements and success because he's very much in concert with what the Saudis and the Qataris and the Kuwaitis have been saying, the need to address, I didn't say resolve, to address you know, the plight of the Palestinians in some way. So I think that all the forces are coming together. Do you worry that he may not be surrounded by people who have the same interest to do that, meaning the, new, the next president? No, I think they all have the same interest. Interesting. Um, they're very committed to right. a two-state solution. Right. Um, and people on the outside are trying to analyze and reanalyze and trying to figure out what's going on here. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I often say that the art of listening is such a priority because, you know, God, the divine architect, he created us with two ears and only one mouth. All right. So we need to focus on listening. And if you listen to the pronouncements coming out of Saudi Arabia, out of Qatar, I was just with Prince Faisal, the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia, right before COVID-19. I've heard this from the Emir of Qatar. They are willing to normalize ties with Israel, but they want to see some movement when it comes to the Palestinians. Right. Now, the, the current president did not have that same priority. Uh, a President Biden will be more in concert with the next round of Gulf states. Um, again, I'm not suggesting what kind of resolution. Right. It could be economic. Understood. Advancement, economic opportunity. But I think step one, reunification. Step two, trying to bring the Gulf to um, address the plight of the Palestinian people. And this will result in a domino effect of all six Gulf states coming on board. And as you know, I've been, been pretty good about predictions when it comes to the Gulf. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've made some pretty bold uh, predictions and pronouncements on your show. And some of them years ago. Years ago. And guess what? I was spot on. Yeah. Um, so I think I know what I'm talking about here. And uh, I, again, reunification of the Gulf and uh, addressing the uh, plight of the Palestinians. Everybody Schneier is here, founder of uh, the Hampton Synagogue and uh, somebody who's been so involved in the Gulf for so many years and now uh, shepping Nachas from what he's seeing in this region for good reason. Philosophically for a moment, um, the average rabbi of the past few decades in the United States, I believe, would have been very skeptical that there are members of the Muslim worldwide community that wanted to have a real, warm, sincere peace with Israel. What is it about your background or about what you learned or about what you saw that gave you a different philosophy on this matter? I think um, I give my father tremendous credit for growing up in such an ecumenical home. And my father represents a generation like your father, a blessed memory. Rabbi Zev Siegel was the president of the RCA. Right. And that generation 
I think, was not as limited in scope as this generation. Um, it's ironic that Orthodox rabbis who want to engage in interreligious activities, you have many more opportunities halachically with the Muslim community uh, than, than you have with, with the Christian community. Christian when I was the president <laughs> of the New York Board of Rabbis and Cardinal uh, O'Connor passed away, mm -hmm. he had left instructions for me to deliver a homily at St. Patrick's. Right. And I don't care how progressive I am, I still answer to a higher authority, and I would not do it. Right. I would not cross that line as an Orthodox rabbi. If you're familiar with the different you know, response of, of the Rambam, if you're on the street, it's time to daven mincha, and there's a mosque in front of you, go into the mosque. There's no religion that is as pure from a monotheistic point of view, um, like Judaism, than Islam. And there are no two faith communities that have more in common than Judaism and Islam. Uh, they pray five times a day. We do three times a day, even though, you know, we, we can cut it. We, know, fa we, we fast less than they fast. Exactly, <laughs> right? They face Mecca, we right. face Jerusalem. They have halal, we have, you know, kosher. Right. And um, if, if anything, Muslim-Jewish relations within the Orthodox community, within the halachic community, has far greater opportunities than Jewish-Christian relations. It's a wonderful, wonderful platform for Orthodox rabbis to engage in other faith communities from a halachic point of view. Yeah, what a perspective. Uh, Rabbi Schneier is here. Tell us about progress of uh, your work being translated so that uh, those who live in this area of the world can benefit from what you've written. Well, thank you for asking the sure. question. It's always good to have a little commercial. <laughs> um, no, it's very exciting. You know, I wrote, uh, co-authored the book, Sons of Abraham, right. with Imam Shamsi Ali, who's known as the chief imam of New York. First book ever, co-authored by a rabbi and an imam. It's called The Sons of Abraham. You consider him a friend. That's an understatement, right? I consider him a brother. Not, brother. E not even cousin. Brother. What? No. Not uh, even cousin. Yeah. No, no. As he's, we uh, traditionally would say. Exactly. No, he's, uh, we're, we're very, and understand that our relationship did not begin on the right foot. Right. I can understand uh, that. No, you know, it was a little controversy, but today, you know, today we're, uh, you know, intimately. Uh, on the know, same page. On, on Literally. the same page. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and Random House is my publisher. And uh, the book has become the definitive text in Muslim-Jewish relations. And the Emiratis would like to, first they're distributing the book this week in English into every bookstore in the UAE. Unbelievable. That's one. Then there's a big reception in my honor on Sunday evening when they're announcing that they will be translating the book into Arabic. And most importantly, they are developing curriculum guides for students, not only to engage in the study of Muslim-Jewish relations, but to use this book as a foundation for exploring interreligious activities and coexistence and 
intercultural work that will be distributed throughout the Gulf. In fact, in fact, I haven't even shared it uh, with anyone. I just heard an hour ago that Bahrain just accepted to have that book distributed there. Happened only an hour ago. You have to get permission from each Gulf state. And uh, they're now launching a whole tolerance educational initiative where this book uh, will be very much um, celebrated you know, in the Kingdom of Bahrain. In fact, when I'm in Bahrain next week, I will be meeting with the Minister of Education uh, to explore other ways of trying to get this uh, message across. So, you know, when it comes to Muslims and Jews, you know, we have a common faith and we have a common fate. And now you have a common curriculum. And we have a common <laughs> curriculum. So, um, no, it's it's a very, very exciting development for me personally. You know, we've had a uh, many opportunities. It's, it's, it's great that you've been a, a guest multiple times. And I'm thinking that maybe one day, it might happen at the Hampton Synagogue or wherever you recommend, maybe you and the imam together would join me on the air to explore the work that you pursued and brought to its fruition. We, we can arrange for that to happen tomorrow. <laughs> really? I mean, you should know the imam and I have traveled the world. Uh, You've been in this region together? Of course. Of course. Wow. In terms of addressing uh, Muslim-Jewish relations. I remember on the 75th anniversary of Kristallnacht, uh, when the uh, Jewish community of Austria invited me to be the keynote speaker in the Austrian parliament, um, I said, I'd like to bring the imam with me. And to hear a such a prominent Muslim leader uh, raising his voice and screaming protests to where were the religious leaders during Kristallnacht, including wow. Muslim leaders. Wow. Uh, they thought, you know, either I had brought someone from Mars or you know, they didn't know. Uh, so Imam Shamsi Ali, I'm speaking for him now and right. telling you, he, we, we would be thrilled to have this opportunity to be on your show. Today. It would be an amazing conversation. Um, it, it, the message is simple. Don't let those who have hijacked the Muslim religion, don't let them be the ones who are dictating the way those who observe Islam want to behave to others in this world. Because that's really what's been dominating over the last few decades, the minds of many Jews, especially in the United States that those who, who want to kill, those who, whether it's 9-11 or terrorist attacks in Israel, right. etc., it's those who do it in the name of Islam who represent the religion. And one thing we've learned here, that's just not the case. There are 1.6 billion Muslims and 16 million Jews. And my mission for the last 18 years was to find the path to narrow the divide, the chasm, uh, between Muslims and Jews. In fact, um, listen, we, we also have some uh, real misunderstandings on the Muslim side mm -hmm. when it comes to Jewish community. I mean, one of my favorite, yeah. favorite experiences I went, when I was in Indonesia, right after the publication of the book. What they think about us. And the, the president <laughs> of Indonesia, remember, it's the largest Muslim country in the world. Right. And they translated my book into Indonesian. I get to Jakarta, and the president says, Rabbi, would you mind going to Joe Jakarta? Joe Jakarta would be like our Boston or Cambridge. You know, it's the big college town to address a large gathering of students. So I went there, 
And after my address, you know, the first question was, you know, Rabbi, 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 tell us, how many Jews are there? I said, approximately 16 million. He says, no, no, not in New York. <laughs> the whole world. All right? Not in New York. And, and that's what this book addresses in terms of the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, the misperceptions um, on the part of Jews to Muslims and Muslims to Jews. Well understood. By the way, we want to welcome your son who is here. Uh, joining us here today. A graduate of Frisch. A graduate of Frisch, a, a, a proud Garden State educated young man. Exactly. And, uh, and one of the opportunities you have is to bring family members here, which must add to the fun of this whole adventure. My, my son, Brendan. Brendan, thank you for being yeah. here today. And I want to present to you, and who knows, maybe there'll be an extra one for Brendan as well. We want to present to you the official Nahum Siegel Network Dubai 2020 Mission t-shirt. So Rabbi, Sh Rabbi Schneier, when you proclaim and when you claim to others back in the Hamptons that you were on this mission with us, you have the evidence to prove it. <laughs> All I can say is I will bring him back, inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah is right. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Rabbi Mark Schneier, great guest always, and amazing that we were able to do this in the United Arab Emirates.